I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I'm Sean Bowles. You're listening to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm excited about our subject, but I'm even more excited about our guest today, Matt Brown, who is the husband, dad, evangelist, author, and founder of Think Eternity. And he and his wife, Michelle, are impacting literally millions of people right now through the gospel every year online and through their events. It reminds me of just the a next generation of, of, of Billy Graham, honestly, when I hear their story, when I've... Um, uh, just connected their ministry. I got connected to him through CBN. Some of the producers there were like, you got to connect to Matt Brown. He's the most authentic new evangelist that God's raising up in America. And I have to say, I agree. He's just so authentic, so pure, so good hearted. But they, there's something about uh, just what he's carrying right now for the simple gospel and just bringing people to Jesus. And it's come from a deep encounter with God himself. The Holy Spirit has really visited him. And I'm going to get into that and find out how do you go from a, a teenager to actually preaching in front of, I think they're reaching over 2 million people a day on social media right now. He's written a bunch of books. You can read some of the books he's co- co-authored and authored them. He's going to give us a link to how to do that at the end of the show. So in the context of who Matt is, I just think bringing somebody to the table of exploring the prophetic to talk about souls and just talk about how a lot of the prophetic, the, a lot of the reason why we hear from God is because we're, we're called to populate heaven. We're called to see Jesus reach people. And, you know, so I have so many good friends who are evangelists, Daniel Kalinde, and who's taken over Ryan Herbonke's ministry and has already seen 22 million people in his ministry come to the Lord. 22 million. I can't even imagine that. And I, I just think of the average believer. I was reading the Barna statistics not too long ago. They were maybe from three years ago, but I've read them recently that the you know baby boomers they have in their top 10 priorities they do have soul winning i think it's number 9 or 10 i could be wrong but the millennials don't have it at all in their top 10 priorities at all as a christian and i think it's because we haven't understood how beautiful it is to bring people and whole family units into the kingdom and i sometimes go to my church on sunday morning that i i am a um, founder of but i'm no longer the senior pastor and i go to the church and i'll look around especially when i'm preaching there and I look around at any empty seat, and a lot of our services are full, but any empty seat, I'll look at them and say, who belongs there, God? Who is it? And I just pray, give me an opportunity for souls. Like, give me an opportunity to love. And I'm not an evangelist. Like, Matt today is an evangelist. Like, he's somebody who knows how to present the gospel with so much beauty and excellence. I'm just me, but I'm looking for opportunities when I'm able to talk to an Uber driver or somebody at the coffee shop or just one of the other parents at school at drop-off, those kinds of things. I'm looking for opportunities to really bring Jesus into it. And I'm looking for the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And what I love about Matt is that he reminds us of of that Billy Graham kind of, or one of those bigger evangelists kind of feel of like, it, it's not just the big stadiums. It's not just the big influence on social media. It's about the one, the one who's in front of you, the one that God's filled your heart to love. Like he fills your heart with souls that belong to Jesus. And I so appreciate that about him and his ministry and his family. So I'm excited about today's show. We have an offer for you right now. And then right after that, we'll get into the interview. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Audience, I have a new book out called Modern Prophets, and I wrote this book specifically to give a theology, but also practical application for how to apply the gift, the ministry, and the office of the prophet into your lives. And I'm giving you not only the theology of why it's a big deal to understand the prophetic, 
and how you can engage this incredible gift set in your life. But also I'm giving you a lot of starter models and uh, practical application for how to do this. One of the things I love right now is that God wants to bring dignity back to the prophetic. There's billions of dollars going to the psychic medium industry because prophets have not risen up. People have not risen up with the true prophetic gifts to hear God's voice. God has a, an original intention over all things he created and we get to see his intention. We get to call it forth on the earth right now. So this book's gonna help you do that. It's available in bookstores all around the world right now. It's in several languages, Modern Prophets. Get yours at Barnes & Noble's, Amazon.com or BullsMinistries.com now. Welcome to the show. This is Sean Bowles, your host, and I'm here with Matt Brown. Matt, I'm so excited you're on the show today. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be on with you as well, Sean. Thank you, man, for having me. Oh, are you kidding? Like, I've been following you on Twitter for a little while, and I've just read your your latest book, but you've just, you're becoming such a voice, just a pure voice of just, I think you bring focus to people and just their hearts, because people are there's something inside of you that people are resonating with right now that I think is so important. I love when God raises someone up because they articulate things and they, and they embody something that we all want to be. And so you're one of those people to me that you just embody something that I want to grow up and be like when I grow up. Oh man, That's, <laughs> that's an overwhelming honor to hear you say that, Sean. And, you know, just grateful to be doing ministry and, um, uh, be a servant of Christ, which everyone who follows Jesus is, you know, we all have a ministry and we all have a, a place to serve and it's an honor and, you know, loving my family and having fun and love working with some of my good friends in ministry as well. And so, man, thank you so much for your kind words. Well, I know that uh, today this is not a non-spiritual point. You are live in Minnesota where you've just had the most epic snowfall you guys have had in a long time. And so how are you holding up? Well, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you for asking me that. <laughs> I really needed to talk with someone about this. <laughs> this turns no, into therapy. Been, yes. <laughs> No, it's been man, it's been painful, man. And I, you're 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 Southern California, correct? So I mean, I it's been hard here too. Nights. It's like 45 oh. degrees. I can't wear well, my shorts today. So I mean, we <laughs> uh, we're just we we love 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 Southern California and get there a decent amount, and we love the warm weather and we miss it. We miss the sun and we miss, <laughs> we miss the, the grass. Sun. But so, this is a prophetic. Are, I don't know. This is a prophetic <laughs> podcast, but it's the only prophetic podcast. I won't try and over spiritualize the snow. You know, <laughs> we, won't, we won't try and speak into the weather phenomenon. <laughs> well, let's go into your story. This is a story-based podcast. And uh, those of you listening, we explore how hearing God's voice changes our options and gives us different opportunities than we would have. And you have been on a journey. You've written over seven books. You've You've been around town, so to speak. I mean, like we got connected through a mutual friend at CBN who we both love to death. She's a wonderful woman. And she's like, you have to meet Matt. She told me like, he's so pure. He's the most real guy. I love him so much. And I had already been following you. I felt the same way and I didn't even know you personally. I just felt like you're bringing something. But how did this start? Like what, what's the point where God began to really show you? Because I know it's, it has to come by revelation that you're doing what you're doing because it's, it's profound. Well, man, thank you so much. So I, I grew up in a Christian family. My parents weren't in ministry, but they they loved serving the church. Uh, very involved. Uh, my dad, you know, throughout my whole life has been just a, a man of God's word. He, um, you know, I'd catch him throughout my whole life, and even still to this day, you know, when you're around, uh, for instance, at their at their cabin, you know, he's he'll uh, he's reading his Bible and mm. no fanfare. He just you know always getting into God's word. 
love serving the church, just so faithful. And my mom, um, who I shared with you a little bit before we started, is a just a total prayer warrior, total evangelist. I mean, love she leads people to Christ everywhere she goes. Oh. She just her her life is uh, is just all about prayer, and so she's just all about like uh, connecting into God. And their stories are interesting because like they didn't grow up in you know really strong Christian homes initially, um, and, and so you know. God, God found them, and they started to like, um, you know, just walk with Jesus. Uh, kind of, my dad in his mid-teens. My mom, actually, after they had gotten married, my dad led her to the Lord. And, wow. and I'll tell her story real quick because it's interesting. She, yeah. she grew up in a Methodist church, but it just never connected with her what it means to really accept Christ, to really put your faith in Christ and trust what He's done for you. And and so, you know, she was totally. You know, in her own words, in love with my dad. You know, they're dating. They get married. They got married young. Started having kids young. And within a few years, she just realized, you know, I love this man, but like we have fights. We we have struggles, like every marriage does. And he is not fulfilling what I need in my life. You know, in the depths of my heart. And so at that moment, my dad led her to Christ. You know, like a, wow, like a, like a good boy. And so he leads her to faith in Christ. And obviously, that changed her life as well. And so. She realized, you know, she realized what we all need to realize, you know, no matter who we are, where we're from, that like it's only Jesus, it's only yeah. uh, Him, and so, so you know, their stories are, are powerful in my life, and and have several brothers, and just from an early age, I put my faith in Christ, um, you know, rededicated my life in my in my teens, as I just realized it's not my parents' faith, but it's my choice um, that I I need to choose to follow Him and wholeheartedly with all my heart. And well, let me ask I, this then, because I, even yeah, having that part of your story. What what was the point when you became like I'm gonna be an evangelist like this is this is who I am, totally. So I just I I actually did sense a call to ministry, honestly, from like the age of eight. Wow. So like just going to you know going to church, going to camps, uh, kids camps and teen camps, and we probably went to all the same kind of camps. I'm sure. Yeah, man, I'm sure. And those are powerful moments. They you are. Know, there's something about there's something about gatherings. There's something about events. We don't need less of them in the church. We need more. I agree. Uh, God glorifying, Holy Spirit empowered events, especially you kids know. ones and teen ones, and that that age yeah. is so important. Like my my whole history today, I could still remember times like you were saying when I was a eight or nine or ten years old, and God encountered me and made exactly. the word. I mean, I'd go home, and all of a sudden yeah. the Bible was alive. You know. Yes, exactly. Powerful times like that where. There's extended time of prayer. There's extended time of response. And, you know, God just has time to work in our hearts, you know, through both the preaching of the word, but also the response. And so, um, but yeah, it wasn't, I was actually, you know, knowing this kind of sense of a call to ministry, I I was um, desirous to kind of know what does that mean? What should I do? Should I be a pastor? What should I do? And I didn't really have a sense of that. And it wasn't until my late teens, uh, I was 17, in my final year of high school and I went to a youth conference and the speaker um, on the second day, I mean, powerful services, great time. Uh, The speaker though, the second day was just talking about this burden for people without Christ Mm. and God just so uh, strongly put a burden on my heart, you know, so much so that as a 17 year old young man, I'd begin to cry seeking God in prayer in response in that message. And I just sensed, you know, this, you're called to be an evangelist in my heart. Wow. And following that, there was just a lot of confirmation of that in a lot of different ways. 
But, you know, honestly, I would call myself maybe more of a sheltered church kid, but God's saying, hey, reach the people outside the church. Reach the people who need the gospel. Reach the people who are far from me. And, um, you know, I think as much as anything that we need in evangelism, we really need a burden. We need God's heart. And so um, that was just a just a life-changing moment. Now, let me tell another piece of this story because this is fun. Um, I didn't quite know, you know, I, I always wondered, like, why, man, why doesn't God just tell me what I'm supposed to do? Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't understand why I don't know the exact ministry calling until later, obviously, when I was 17. Well, looking back on it, I the, where this youth conference was held was at a church called Emmanuel Christian Center in Minnesota. And um, I grew up in a, a different church a, a little ways away from there. It was my first time that I recall attending a service at that church. And obviously, we were there for several days of this conference. And later, I married a young woman named Michelle who I've now been married to for 13 years, whose grandfather-in-law was the lead pastor of that church for, um, he's actually passed away now, but for 43 years he was oh, the lead wow. pastor. Took the church from a basement uh, basement of a home and a few families to, you know, just this thriving, healthy, wow. powerful, mission-centered congregation. And um, thousands of people, very impactful in the community and obviously just kind of in world mission, world impact in its kingdom impact and and then my father-in-law uh was in business and later stepped in and transitioned the church for an 11 period the two of them led the church for uh almost a half century and now we have a great pastor nate roosh who's our pastor at our church now but literally uh it was almost like the fact that god waited until that moment for me partly as i looked back i was like Oh, that was really cool. <laughs> the way that happened. I love that. Like, it's, it is. Yeah, it's like you're reverse engineering his story in your life. And yeah, it's and, so and honestly, beautiful. The, yeah. Honestly, like the place we base our ministry out of, our place of, you know, where we serve, a place where we are heavily involved is is this church, Emmanuel, where my father-in-law still attends, my parents-in-law still attend, my grandma-in-law who, with her husband, passed to the church over all those years, still attends. That's still awesome. Alive. That's amazing. And, um, There's something about that too, of the, of the yeah. family heritage, but also the family is still so involved because we see so much in a lot of churches these days of every denomination. We see a lot of politics and church splits and people who just aren't faithful in relationship. So it's so beautiful that you guys have this consistency. Consistency is a huge deal in our generation. Just yeah. loyalty and consistency is, is because it's it's so rare. Millennials, are, you know, last two years in their average job right now. You have like just people aren't doing yeah. thirty years anymore in anything. And so yeah. I love to hear the story of like just you know what you were birthed out of because it just shows what you're bringing to the table is it comes out of a foundation of that greater that you know which which is really cool. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I don't know what God will have in store for us, um, but. You know, I, I love the idea of being at one church my whole life. Yeah. Um, my my wife literally, this has been her only church. Um, I actually was at one other church before this, but it's now a campus of this church. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which happened a few <laughs> years ago. So. That's funny. So anyway, so you know, we love that rootedness. Um, that's important to us. And um, you're right. I mean, millennials, young, young, the next generation, younger people. Um, faithfulness means something different than it used to, but God still calls us to faithfulness. Yeah. You know, patience and yeah. self-control are more of a challenge than they ever used to, but God still cares about all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And so, um, anyways, you know, so for me, looking back, you see God's hand in such a powerful way in hindsight. And um, so for those of time you look back. I'm so. switching a little bit because of those who don't know your ministry, um, we have, you have a huge audience, but we might have some 
crossover, but we probably have very different audiences. Like you might be new to some of our audience here. Kind of frame it because you've you've gone from like having this heart for souls getting so great. I mean, that's such a beautiful encounter to be passionately filled with God's heart for this generation for evangelism. And it's so rare. It's that there's not enough evangelists right now. And I just think of the great Billy Graham who passed away just, just over a year ago. And you do similar style. You do events where you guys gather people together. And it's more of a Billy Graham style than probably anyone I know. So kind of paint the picture for us. What is ministry like right now? Yeah, so, you know, went into Bible college, began traveling and preaching anywhere anyone would let me come preach. Just this burning passion, this burning heart to just, you know, to share God's message, to like, you know, be a person who's who's wholehearted and consecrated and prayerful and um, went to this great small college in Minneapolis and and um and then out of that you know we ended up calling the ministry think eternity which was really based on some powerful prayer books that i read early on in bible college um and and i ended up reading every book by leonard ravenhill oh yeah we know i know leonard yeah and um i'm just guessing you were mentored by leonard ravenhill probably (laughs) i don't know (laughs) not directly but Uh, no i did know him i'm i'm friends with a lot of his family extended family and stuff and he was connected to our little uh, a group i was raised up in kansas city he came out a few times before he passed away, and I remember both the scary messages and the awesome messages. You know. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, he's uh, he's intense, but there's something about just God's hand on him and how God spoke through him. And so he just had this theme, though, where he would he'd have you know something on his desk that just said eternity, and it just reminded him, you know, uh, to think and live with eternity's values in view, uh, to live with. The perspective of what the Lord would have us to live with and to, to have that framework for how we go about what we're doing in our everyday lives and so that that's kind of where we came with that of course feeling though that call like just reach as many people as you can for the Lord and so we've been doing this now for 17 18 years been um, preaching but it's taken different um, different directions as well uh, obviously because when I first started in ministry um, I'm sure you as well we didn't have social media. We didn't yeah. have, you know, the internet was around, but like social was still coming about in a lot of these tools and these new mediums and these new opportunities. And so um, I was actually back in college and, and then a few years after I was slow to get onto social media. One of my older brothers, who's a pastor, forced me on. <laughs> <laughs> he set up my account on MySpace back then. That's awesome. And, um, and then he eventually pushed me on to some of the other platforms. But I was quickly realizing, wow, I, I'd, write, I'd write like notes on there, or blogs on there, and I'd share my you know, passion for the Lord. And I was like, hey, this is like a ministry thing. This is awesome. And so, you know, not only does it connect us, but I can use this for the gospel. I can use this for the kingdom. And so out of all that, we really feel like um, at this stage, the three focuses that we have as a ministry, the three, like, I think, wirings that God's given us that we're so excited about is, is like you mentioned, these evangelistic events. I think those are still important. Um, I think they'll always be. I think they were the inception of the church. And, um, you know, sometimes it might seem like, yeah, definitely a little bit more rare of a calling, but we just, God has had us on this path for that. Um, another area is just online ministry. We were, like, we've really just come to believe, like, we can reach people where they are through social media. And so we've <laughs> been trying to do everything we can to, like, impact people on there. And, yeah, this last year, I, I think it was, like, 65 million uh, people that we were able to reach with gospel content this last year. That's last amazing. Month, so. Which has pushed you, is that what was a catalyst? Because I know you're um, kind of involved in faith-based film stuff. I don't know what your level of involvement is, but is that something that 
Because I mean, like some yeah. of the notes I was reading about, you, I was like, "This is awesome!" Like you're, you've gone to some of the tech companies like Facebook and shared. You, you're involved in faith-based film like this. I love the expansion of like we need these are the places that the gospel needs to go. So yeah. I don't know how to ask the well, question, but is that? Oh yeah, well I'd love to share stories about all that as well. I mean, yes, in in some ways, the third piece of our ministry I'll I'll, I'll mention because it kind of probably is the real answer is as I'm doing this online ministry. Uh, in, in all the ministry we're doing, but including the online piece, I'm watching. I just love tracking and kind of seeing other ministers and leaders, especially young people who just have a heart for the Lord and have, uh, for whatever reason, have grown in their influence. And I just wanted to be a blessing to them. I felt a God-given burden about over the last probably seven, eight years. Um, I think God put on my heart to try to be a blessing, to be intentional with some of these young leaders I was seeing. And so, you know, I'd see, I'd see young people who'd, everything they tweet is getting hundreds of retweets and yeah they're, and then they'd, they'd be, literally be like i've been saved a year and i'm like who's mentoring that person like who's mm, discipling that person yeah. i want to see them doing this in 10 years i want to see god continue to use them over the rest of their lives i just love to see that and so just again just try to be a blessing although i'll, I'll mention part of this process that what i've grown in as i've done all this with these, some of these young what i would call young influencers really is I just have grown in this greater desire to be a blessing to them and not to seek anything from them, um, to be just kind of generous and and um, just try to help in any way I could. And so, so that was all kind of this process that has become, we really feel like part of our ministry focus too. Um, and initially I was just doing this. It was just like part of my heart. And then we really kind of realized in the last few years, we're like, oh, this is like, this is totally a big part of our ministry too. Like it's just to invest in young believers who are passionate wow. about the Lord who can have a great impact and some of them some of them are like YouTubers like that's their job some yeah. of them are yeah. um, are literally they're pastors but they somehow just gain an enormous influence on one platform or another and so we just want to see God just continue to move in their lives we want to just be a blessing to them and so got a couple different groups like that out of one of those groups um, that, that gathers um, once a year um, they're kind of different identity groups um, that we just have felt called to pour into. Um, out of one of those groups came kind of the connection out of the blue, out of nowhere with the film stuff. And I, it had to have been God because um, several things kind of came all at once a couple years ago in the middle of the summer. And um, like out of nowhere, my wife and I got invited to a red carpet for, for a film um, with Mark and Roma. Uh, nice. Downey, you know, who, who yeah, did of the, course. Uh, Bible series, and you probably know those guys. Yeah, but, they're great. Uh, we got invited to Ben Hur, and we were like, "That's crazy!" Like we're ministers; we'd never <laughs> expected to get invited to a red carpet. That was so crazy, and it was such a fun experience. I mean, they just absolutely, you know, made us feel special. And um, we actually literally got to invite other some other leaders, some other influencers at that time. Um, uh, and so we invited um, Candace Payne, who. Um, I love like, Candace. No, like, We've had her yeah, on here before. Candace? Yeah, oh, We've had her on good. here. She's so great. Awesome. She's so much fun. So, I love that. And we invited um, Flame, who's a hip hop artist. And nice. Just a couple others. So it was super special. And then, but around that, literally, kind of like literally around that same month in July, a couple of years ago, another a couple other relationships opened up in the faith film industry. And one of those, we spent several years really serving as a ministry partner alongside PureFlix. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. And so, um, you know, it was just stuff that kind of came out of the blue, came out of nowhere. 
Um, and so, yeah, very, very interesting. And kind of came out of those those pouring our lives into others, mentoring others. And so, um, yeah, very, very, um, very, very, very interesting kind of be involved in the faith uh, film industry a little bit. And I don't claim to know a ton about it. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like, I don't consider myself like super connected, but what we would love being involved with was helping some of those films get out to like church leaders and get out For to sure. um, influencers and get out to Christian audiences and, and non-Christian audiences too, but just to extend the impact of those a little bit. Um, but to see what seems to me is that as those do well, the market and the kind of like desire, it creates more of a platform for others and for, for, sure. for the future yeah. uh, ministry opportunities. And you, but by the way, you, I'm sure you could talk, Sean, because you're down there a lot more about this than I could. But from my experience, it's been absolutely fascinating. To no, be it's so good. Well, it, it makes sense too for who you are because I think, you know, again, if we reverse engineer some of the things in your life and you see where God was showing up, but like by the end of your life, if you look at all the ways that God led you that you weren't, uh, you were being intentional and following him, but you didn't know the big picture of how it was going to culminate. It's so it's so important because I think one of the things that Billy Graham, I'm not, I, I'm doing a direct comparison, but I'm not trying to put that on you in a weird way. But one of the things that Billy Graham did do a couple times with a couple of faith-based films that actually expanded his ministry as well as caused people to see the gospel differently. So we have The Hiding Place mm-hmm. with Corey Ten Boom, and we have a couple other, you know, just different films. And I think there's something about, I, I felt like if, if they had gone after not just the public stadiums, but if they had gone after culture and co- things that culturize, I think I think the ministry would have been so big that we wouldn't have ever found, found the end of it because of what God was raising up. And I just think this generation is so hungry. I just I just saw the Tim Tebow film. My friends produced it, mm. and it was just and it, and they have a total salvation message at the end, blatantly. And yet it's one of the top ten films this weekend when it opened in the box office. And it shows that like we're in a different day like that. I, yeah. That movie would not be in the top 10 films five years yeah. ago or eight years ago. Something's changed mm-hmm. when you have a blatant salvation message where the guy gets saved and reconciles to his father. Like it's just that doesn't happen, but it does. And so I think like God's raising you up. I, I just I'm excited about who you are because I love how you obey the nudges of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's like you're you're prompted, but you're going into a genre that's kind of more. I love the bigger picture of church. And also as an evangelist, and I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful partnership. Yeah, thank you, man. I, ironically, around that time, I mean, since I felt called to ministry, I sensed a real kind of call to kind of, you know, crusade evangelism or large outreaches, like a Billy Graham style or yeah. Greg Laurie style or Luis, Luis Palau, who, you know, we've, we've gotten to build relationships with all of those ministries and even directly now with um, with Luis's family and even directly now with Greg Laurie um, personally. Um, who's honestly Greg Laurie is like one of my all-time heroes. I love, I love Greg that. Laurie. Yeah, he's um, amazing. He's he's an amazing pastor, obviously down in Southern California as well. But has such a I believe God's hand is on him in such a way. Um, and, and so I mean he had he had for instance that um, outreach a few years ago in the one of the largest stadiums in the country, and it ended up becoming the largest single-day evangelistic event in American history. That's wild. Um, and that was that Harvest America event. I was there yep. with them and with the team back then and and so you know had a chance to be around some of these guys i do feel such a call directly you know to to like to like what billy graham does and it it, it is a little bit more of a rare calling but i say that to say you know when he passed away this last year i just felt i mean he'd he'd been bedridden for a while it wasn't like he was out doing crusades but there was this sense of like oh my goodness he is gone 
and like what more do I need to do you know and what more do each of us need to do to step into filling that gap or filling that role to reach the people that God is going after you know I just felt such a desire in my heart and one you know as I thought about it over the years of our ministry God's done great things like truly some stuff that I would never have expected for instance some of the film stuff we've been a part of never that never would have had that in my mind (laughs) you know you're totally right that I just kind of followed where God was saying and what he was doing and I didn't quite know or have it all figured out but um you know God's done some great things in different areas but one area that I continue to feel this tug towards is these large outreaches these crusades and you know whatever that looks like and part of that is just uh, more of a developed team and we've always had like a handful of of team members that have worked with us but um, that at that moment uh, I was reading Billy's autobiography around the time he passed away it's like a I don't know 900 page oh yeah it's a beautiful book and he says in there like you know like we couldn't fit a lot of what we wanted to share in here into this book, which, you know, I mean, he can say that it's true. (laughs) God God did great things. And by the way, no one, no one, myself of all people, I have no, like, I'm not taking any portion of what Billy Graham has done or at all, but I do like so love him and so love how God has um, directed and called him. And I want to walk in maybe some of those, um, the ways he did ministry and the heart he had and, and I want to play my role to reach people. And so anyway, so it ended up kind of reading that and him passing away. I ended up connecting with a, a great friend who's now come on over the last year to lead our ministry, Casey Helmick. And he is extraordinarily gifted. And I believe it was through this soul searching after Billy passed away, like, what more do I need to do? And that's actually led into a handful of other team members that have come on. But I'm just so enjoying doing ministry with friends. Um, yeah. I always have, but I feel like it's more beautiful than I uh, have experienced so far now um, even just in the last year and so yeah so yeah again just uh, man just want to just want to take that next be taking those next steps I think it's so important for all of us uh, to not you know unless God is leading us to but to not sit still in our calling but is there a next step you need to take because man we have one life to live we have this generation is where God has placed us and um I just think, man, you know, there might be some people listening that need to be activated in their calling. And um, and you might not know all the steps, but take the next step. What is the next step? And so, again, I just I felt that burden so heavy when, when Billy passed away. I love that. Yeah, it's, I know I say I love that a lot about a lot of things you're saying, but it's true. And I think um, when Billy passed away, you know, I was just a part of this epic event that you know about called The Send. We just yeah. finished it, and it's one of the reasons my voice is soft and weak right now because there's a lot of yelling in prayer events. <laughs> when you're in a stadium, you're screaming for God, yes, I love you, Jesus, the whole time. But but it was uh, interesting because one of the reasons why they did the event is because the man who hosted it, Lou Engel, was really believing that there's a generation of Billy Graham's now. There's a generation of people mm-hmm. who are going to care about souls and love. And I just think mm-hmm. some people had ears when Billy Graham died to go, you know, what if he is like an Elijah to a generation and we're like Elisha and we can grab hold of something he represented where he has, mm-hmm. I, you couldn't fit all of his stories in a 900-page book. I mean, that's that's incredible. Like, I mean, most of us don't have one small book that could be written about us, but he has this you know, incredible <laughs> document that was like, oh, well, here's the best of, but I'm missing some of the better yeah. stories too. You know, it's just incredible, but it's because when you walk with God, 
in a real way. Like you have fruit that you just, you know, you, you're just, you're in awe of, you know, personally, which I love, but we have to, we have to end. And I can't believe we're ending already. Cause I feel like we just started. If you believe it, almost 30 minutes has passed. I'm going to ask That's one crazy. question and I want to ask you, what's the riskiest thing sometime that God put in your heart to do, showed you to do, or spoke to you or whatever that you actually stepped out and, and it worked. Maybe it's an event you hosted, or maybe it's mm. someone who you talked to. Well, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I'll just say a story early on and then say a few thoughts about that. I, when I sensed that call to be an evangelist, um, it was like the fall of my senior year of high school. And shortly after that, I mean, there was, there was that, I didn't even have time to talk about this, but there was like a revival that was going on in our high school, our public oh, high wow. school around that time that was crazy, that really changed my life in a, in a, significant way kind of just showed you what god could do you know like oh my goodness and so there's hundreds of kids coming in this high school of only hundreds of kids and um people were accepting christ like just because of the presence of god i mean it was crazy and um so i got invited at that to an outreach that was going on at mardi gras during mardi gras in new orleans and i'm again i'm, I'm the shelter church kid my parents didn't know what they were sending me to i go down to it Learn to share my faith like I've never imagined, you know, like out on Bourbon Street sharing with people partying and I'm this, you know, church kid just preaching the gospel and it, it changed my life. That changed my life because honestly, that first day I went to do that, I sent just the Holy Spirit just, just totally come over me, just empower me. Wow. And I had this boldness that I've never lost since. Secondly, at that outreach, God put a vision in my heart for my school that was kind of a culmination of this calling. Not to wait till later, but now to preach the gospel on my lunch table. Oh, wow. And um, I was a shy kid. I haven't said that part yet. I'm not as shy now as I used to be, but I was really shy in high school. And um, and so I ended up, the second to last day of school, I ended up doing that. Um, I had been oh, leading wow. a Bible study at the school for many years. So I ended up doing that. I got up, preached the gospel. I actually, I was shocked because I thought people were going to hate me for this. But I got like I got like cheers at the end, like not making fun, but like something you said about the love of God spoke to me. It was crazy. Oh. And then and then I went into second lunch and I did it again. Wow. <laughs> so, so my first two sermons really were on my lunch table. I mean, that's I mean, radical. I've been doing probably devotional. So, so that was pretty crazy. But I want to say that to say there's a lot more stories I could tell just even today of what God has called us to and where we're trying to be faithful to that. Uh, that we just so walk in faith. I mean, if you're, you know, I would just say some ministry maybe is more of a traditional role where, you know, you have a set salary and you have people tithing. And But for, for my role, for what I've been doing is is trying to serve alongside the church, not being a church myself. Uh, you know, it's just a different, I mean, I just, I've lived a life of faith now yeah. these last 17, 18 years. Yeah. So I would just say the riskiest thing, I've, I'm just still living in the risk, you know, yeah. but but hopefully in a, a healthy, godly way, you know, in a faithful way that I'm not trying to over risk. But I mean, there's, I just, I feel like risk has been a part of my life this entire time. So my life is, is in that zone, I guess, if that's an okay way to say it. Um, Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm still there. Um, I think that it is important for us all to, to be thinking about, um, you know, the next steps God wants us to take and always kind of be stretching ourselves towards those a little bit, yeah. not, you know, not living a life without needing faith, you know, so. I, I'm telling you, you're you're on my wavelength, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are saying, "Yes, that's it." So, 
how do we get a hold of you? I know you have some, you have over seven books you've either co-authored or authored. How do people invite you, get a hold of you, connect to you? Yeah, totally. Well, so we're at thinky.org. Uh, I'm at Evangelist Matt on socials. So would love to connect. And I have this new book, Truth Plus Love, The Jesus Way to Influence, coming out in April. And it's from Zondervan. And so I'm just, just stoked about that. That topic, if I can just share for like 60 seconds, is... Uh, just a process I went through thinking for, I think, a season of time, I got the wrong conclusion of what spiritual maturity was. And I've, oh, wow. In the last five, six years, we begun to realize it looks a lot more like the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 23, so good. Uh, 23, a whole lot more love, a whole lot more joy, peace, patience. So I just walked through chapters of the fruit of the Spirit in there, but then I cap in the book with just this, we got to balance truth and love. We can't let go of one or the other. If we have both, we'll be influential for the sake of the gospel. And so I hope that really blesses people. I mean, just again, for me as a personal journey, I want to grow in the fruit of the spirit. I want to spend my life doing that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for sharing part of your journey with us. Love getting yeah. to know you. You too, buddy. Thank you. And it's thanks to all of our Exploring the Prophetic podcast listeners. Again, I know you guys are liking and subscribing and reviewing, but I just want to give you a personal request. If you're loving this, share it with somebody. You're going to really enjoy their feedback on your journey as they hear it through our guests. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Family. This is Sean Bowles. And I don't know if you know this, but Bowles Ministries, our ministry, puts together these podcasts for you every week. Wherever you're listening to this, we have done our best to put together a quality podcast to explore the subject of hearing God's voice with you. And we want to continue to do this, and we need your partnership. I want to encourage you, if you're loving the show, if you're connected to the show, there's three ways you can partner. Number one is we would love your prayer support. Pray for us. This is not an easy thing to do week after week after week. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of coordination. And it also takes a lot of spiritual presence, just being present with what God's doing. Number two, financially support us. We would love your financial support and partnership. We have an incredible partnership program where you can engage with a community of people who are partnering with Bulls Ministries to send the message of hearing God's voice around the world. We do events. We do, of course, this podcast. We do all kinds of things that are free things where we give videos online. We do uh, webinars. We do all kinds of things to encourage people to hear God's voice and to activate their gifts, to activate them in the faith it takes to go on this incredible journey. So financially support us by going to bowlsministries.com. And the third way you can help us is to subscribe and also leave a review under the podcast and share it with your friends. Share it on your social media platform. Tell your friends about it at work. Tell your friends about it at church. And the more you help us, the word of mouth is the most powerful source of engaging the community of people who are hungry for this kind of a subject. So be part of our, our ministry team, our prayer ministry team, our partnership team, but also be a voice for what you're listening to. If you love it, tell the stories of the people who are telling the stories to you. Thank you so much for listening. Come on the journey with us and please enjoy season two.